This is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremonies. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. Oh, is that you? Ah, I didn't see you in all this steam, but good, good, you found me. Uh, was it like taking the brochure away from wherever you were? Have you found this siren song for which I am desperately, desperately made for? Ah, good, good, good. Well, I, I, there's a chair over there. Why don't you come and sit down and I'll... Yeah, please, you. I know what you're here for. I know that you're here to hear more of my stories, yes? Stop looking. Now you have to keep scrubbing the dishes. Yes, yes, I'm doing the dishes. You see, I can do two things at once, yes? I don't have a crest net for me. Ah. Anyway, this is what I have to do to do what I have to do. Yes? Good. Now, you sit, I clean, and I talk. Because I can do both. Now, the good news is, the last time we talked, not only did our intrepid adventurers find themselves again at the ambassador's quarters, recognizing whoever for whoever was, and now being introduced to Duvo, the young son of Ty. See, Ty had a son that she did not tell any of them about. Now this son is in a human body rather than a Rikiri body. So, a little confusion all the way around, but then again, Ty's in a human body too. So, confusion is what confusion is. But now, Mirgrat has had the opportunity not only to see Tuvo and Ty recognize who they are, but has seen other people who have jumped into bodies and has now recognized also that where they are, the first and last outpost, as it's to be called, has something to do with these people who have invaded Ty and Tuvo's bodies, who have switched them around in strange new ways. So Mirgrat wishes to take this time to learn, and through this, we learn more of what is truly going on. But there is always a problem. Sorry, as I say this, I makes me wonder... What do uh, a Pakora see when a, when a Vorlon is unclothed around them? You mean make a Vorlon? Sorry, what? Uh, Becca, you go. Well, I said in infrared. I guess. I don't see infrared, but again, it's, it's this luminous light that comes out and usually looks like a angel or Proshala or Julan uh, or Jaquan. And... Yet they never show for the Pakora because they're not one of the major player species in the get in the, the the show. But it does make you wonder hmm, what do they see. Does it is, does it still like like luminous waves yeah, or is it like? Hmm? I say I don't know. There's probably lots of pseudopods involved. That's what I was thinking. Is it you know more tendril and fish like? Anyway, thus that might be the reason they don't they don't eat, eat fish. Yeah. So everyone takes a moment, gets their wits about them grab some water uh, as they just kind of come down off the well that could have gone better could have gone worse but it could have gone better (laughs) 
at this point, I guess this uh, is basically also when Ty catches everybody else up on what happened to her. Am I correct in this assumption? Mm, Alright, she would tell them about the going back in time and body swap thing, obviously, because there's no way around it. She, uh, she wouldn't talk about the book that she got at the beginning of the trip. Um, she would tell them about Benny doing that deal with her, but she would make it sound like it was only about the drugs. Mm-hmm. She... trying to think about everything else that happened in general. <laughs> check your notes! Uh, check your notes! She would tell them about Alan Gibbons, but be kind of vague about what exactly his involvement is, except that she doesn't like him, and it, it's his fault that this happened, and she wants to find him. Okay. Um, most of it. Okay. One thing, uh, Julie, give me intelligence check. Okay. Alright, uh, oh, wow. 20, not bad. 20. Wait, actually, 17. No, wait, your, what's your intelligence? Your intelligence is... Oh, I'm sorry. Do I add the... I forgot how to do it. No, no, no. Basically, you just roll a die 20, and you roll under your intelligence. What's your intelligence? 17. Okay, so if your intelligence is 17, and you roll the 17, which is what you did, uh, then I'll consider that a success. So... Okay. Just barely, but you kind of go the, wait, Helen Gibbons, can you describe him? And I'm assuming, uh, Ty does, just kind of in general. He about gay, big, red hair, big beard, white suit, big blue crystal. Mm. Um, which, as Julie will say, wait, wasn't that the guy when we were dealing with the bugs who showed up out of nowhere and said, this one is ours? Yep, same guy. Mm hmm. Huh. Which, I, go ahead. No, no. I just, I, I'm still working how all the pieces put together. Mm-hmm. Basically, Todd wouldn't mention anything that might suggest or lead to someone thinking she got paid money for anything involving this. Okay. Except for that first part with Benny, which she's going to be like, that, I mean, she has that money, like, or would have if she could get into her own quarters, I guess. <laughs> if she get it to her own quarters or otherwise access the accounts that she's deposited the other money into credit depending. cards in there yeah this brings everybody else up on the stuff that they didn't know again without knowledge of the book uh, or knowledge that she that Ty uh, did a favor for Alan Gibbons but at the same time uh may have been involved with him somehow, just not sure for the money, and that, yeah, otherwise, this is what, how the body switching happened, and that's how they came back. Oh, and by the way, I had to steal a, a, a way to get back, and uh, Wagner and Vladimir helped me do that. So we're like 50% up to speed. Yeah, pretty much. I would say like 70, like 70-ish. <laughs> 70-ish, but it's like you're getting all the small marbles. There's a giant marble left out, which is the majority of <laughs> Uh, uh, what's let not being told, but it's, you know, big to do. Uh, <laughs> eye shaped hole in this entire story. Yes. Ty brings everyone up to speed. So you guys have a general idea 
of what's been happening, at least to her, but you don't know everything about uh, the, the the Blue Crystals or Alan Gibbons, his role in all this, even though he apparently had at least enough dominion to keep the bugs at bay. That's about as far as you know from him. But he also apparently seems to lay claim to something about Ty. To be clear, to, to be fair, Ty doesn't really know any of that either. Like, she only just knows that he's a dude. True, but he's the one who said, this one is mine to the bugs, which was oh, enough sure. to say... He's been not thinking about that. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's right, because you don't want to think about the bugs. <laughs> the thing took his head off, and bugs came out. I mean, not just one bug, but a lot of bugs. I don't know. Would one bug be worse? Okay, let's put it this way. Yeah. Let's put it this way. You possibly... Oh, okay, how big is the bug? Uh, if it's just one bug, like if it's a one, if it's one really big bug, it might not, it might, it might be worse than than multiple less big bugs. Well, a bug itself is probably about the size of a large lobster, or um, yeah, actually a little bit larger than that. Say about an extra large lobster, about the size of a corgi. Okay, yeah, gross. That, that's now, significant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, about the size of a corgi, maybe not a huge corgi, but a, you know, a small corgi, uh, that, now again, think of this for a second. You open a can of, uh, of, of soda, you pop it open, and a roach comes out. Disgusting, right? You don't want to deal with it, you throw that soda away. Now, holding the same, uh, another uh, soda, you pop the top, and two dozen roaches uh, swarm out. Which is going to freak you out more? Well, how big is the roach? Yeah. How big is the one roach versus the two dozen roaches? If it's an unusually large roach that's like the size of 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 a thing that a roach is not, then. <laughs> like, uh, By the way, thank thank you for that Douglas Adams quote. Uh... <laughs> Okay, so if the roach is as big as something that is not that a roach is not, I kind of scrolled on on something that is bigger than a roach but still fits in a soda can because all I could think of was corgi. Which, like, if a if a roach the size of a corgi comes out of a soda can, I mean, yes, I will be more freaked out than two dozen regular roaches, but I will also wonder what dimension my soda can is connected to. I was about to say, if a roach the size of a corgi came out of a soda can, my first words that I expected to say is, what three wishes do you wish to be granted, Master? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to burn my motherfucking house down and just explain it to my landlord and hope he doesn't care. <laughs> and my neighbor who lives in the attached house. It'll be awkward, yeah. but... Yeah, no. Like, I feel like if you if you explain about the corgi-sized roach, they'll be like, oh yeah, no, burning it down was the right idea. Let me call a priest. <laughs> By the way, you have seen the restaurant. <laughs> there was some... <laughs> There was a restaurant that actually apparently burned down, but they had one of those uh, marquees up front for, like, you know, sale items, this and that. So what they put on the marquee? We found a spider. We got it. <laughs> okay. I, that tra- that hits a little close to home. Cause like, that, okay, at one point when I was living with roommates, um, one of my one of my roommates came out of her bedroom in the morning to find me asleep on the couch, and she's like, 
did you sleep on the couch all night? Yes, I did. Why did you sleep on the couch all night? There was a spider in my room. Yeah. Right. You know, obviously it's the spider's room now. Because <laughs> both of my roommates were asleep, and so I couldn't get them to get the spider. There's a comic I think you will both love and hate. When somebody said, oh my god, you know, walks to one person, oh my god, there's a spider in my room. The other person says, oh, don't worry, the spider will eat the roaches and the bugs. It'll keep you safe. Keep it. Honestly, it'll do you good. The guy walks back into his into his, <laughs> his room, webs everywhere. This, this spider the size of a Volkswagen hovers over him, puts one, te- uh, one uh, uh, foot on him and says, good, our alliance has been sealed. Uh, <laughs> I saw that one. <laughs> so okay, but yeah. So the bugs are again not like again. It's basically, imagine a lobster, kinda uh, somewhere between a lobster and a cockroach, the size of a small corgi. That when it took off its helmet, which is supposed to be a human, essentially human in encounter suit. It's a, it's a game took on a helmet, and a cu- at least three or four of these things came out the neck hole. Yeah, that's what we're not thinking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a horror show. And then somebody came in when other containers also then popped open, either containing brains or other of these bugs, and started climbing towards you, and Alan Gibbons ran up and said, no! This is mine! Stop it! And it was enough for you guys to get away. And when you saw Alan Gibbons later, there wasn't a scratch on him. Okay, so Becca's glad to have missed this, because that's terrifying, but we're really upset about not getting to encounter this fascinating new species. <laughs> I, it's like, just taking a head count, how many interesting new species are there on this ship right now? Way, way too many. <laughs> Yeah. So now that everyone's been brought to speed, and I'm pulling a couple more cards, um, what is the plan now? Now that this is all happening, what do you guys plan to do? We have to have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I real me has doing okay by winging it. Real me has a blue gem that you may or may not have noticed, and I need it. So I need to find my son's real body. I don't really understand it myself. I just need it. It's not that I need it. Do we need to put out an APB for your son? Yes. Well, no, but you're not arresting a ten-year-old. You're you're taking the ten-year-old into into custody because the ten-year-old's only guardian is about to be arrested. True. So I'm I'm gonna get back on the communication to the person I was talking to before. And uh, I'm saying. Yeah, uh, Kali actually goes to somebody else because Kali's in the middle of something, but yeah. Uh, so about the APB I asked for last time. Uh, sure, go ahead. There's a complication. Uh, Ty has a child. We would like to take the child into protective custody. 
Understood. Can do. And I give a rough description as her new tie. Okay. Uh, which, by the way, I can almost hear the, you know, almost the conversation. I hate to do this, but make sure they. I have to put an APB out for my son. Mom. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, he takes you know, down going, alright, son has been put in protective custody uh, Guardian is about to be arrested okay, we can deal with that, we have uh, certain words on the vessel that we can work with, no problem uh, update, uh, update. Murad, as, as she's saying that, Murad's going to volunteer uh, to to, uh, like uh well, actually, no, he's the body snatch. Never mind. <laughs> you're about to ask to maintain a, a, a parental rights or, or guardian rights, and then well, you realize... Since I had previously claimed spons- uh, responsibility for, for Ty, I would say, you know, I can take responsibility for, for Tubo, but A, I don't really want to remind them that I'm responsible for Ty since she's about <laughs> to get arrested, as far as they know, and uh, two, um, he, Tubo... The, the the bit about tuba that matters is already here, so we're good. <laughs> there you go. So, oh, that reminds me. Did you actually ask your uh, astronomer friend about the the gravitational thing? Oh shit, I forgot. That's okay. That's okay. I'm just really curious. Mm. Well, so, a note down so I remember because I should do this. <laughs> Yeah. Like like the gif I posted when we couldn't make game. Another time, the cloud. So again, you know, this happens another time. Well, let, let me know. So it's um, three planets with interlocking rings, right? Uh, it was three planets with interlocking gra- uh, rings. Yes. All right. Okay. And I don't even want to think cool. about how the moon structure works. I mean, I have no. You know, that one is like the. You know what? I'm just going to take that. Do they have moons? <laughs> What? Do they have moons? I haven't decided. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, actually, yes, they probably do have moons of some variety. Just how they orbit is probably one of those weird situations. I mean, maybe they all have the same set of moons, and the moons just orbit all three of them. Actually, that's what I'm kind of thinking, is that, yeah, it literally gets handed off from one planet to the next over the course of a lunar year. Nice. Yeah. Right, yes, so I, I've made a note to ask about the the interlocking rings. Okay, cool. So, so you got the APU out. You've got a couple of bits of this puzzle now. You've got a general idea of, of a few things. So, mm-hmm. just to act as everyone's intelligence role and just kind of running with this, allow me to lay out a few things you guys do know. One, right before you guys got on. Board the vessel, you and a shuttle vanished out of existence for a brief second. Uh, everyone called it a blip. You just everyone disappeared off of radar. So when you guys were blipped, you had shared memories, some future, some past. Um, and when you woke up, everyone was in the wrong seat. Uh, and then you found a brain. Right. So from there, Blue. you had. Hmm? Oh, sorry. I feel the fluid. Oh, was the fluid was blue? Yeah, I think the preservation was blue. Okay. I feel like that's kind of important. Yeah, the blue is from the the. It was covered in fluid, but yes, it it would look blue to people who didn't like wash it off. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, okay. But otherwise, calling it a blue brain, perfectly fine too. Uh, so there was that happened. Then, during the course of the investigation for Amber, you found out that Amber is not only a narcotic that affects not only Narn, but also Pac Mara. You don't know what else it does for anybody else, but you found out that it is part of a larger summoning, for lack of a better term, or memory, energy, harvesting, interlocking mind, hive mind, something or other uh, situation where it allowed an entity to manifest but people who've been taking this tend to mutter the phrase, the messenger is the message, which, again, is one part of the puzzle. That entity, after manifesting enough, was able to negotiate for uh, Mirgrat's body, inhabit it, control it, until Mirgrat... It asked, and I was like, hey, come on in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was being gentle. Exactly. It's a negotiation. I'll yeah. own it. I do a bad, but I, I have good intentions. <laughs> Fair enough. You had good intentions, but it was just the, whoa, okay. Um, basically, you had that happen. And when that happened, uh, it found the source of the Amber, which was one of the last Markabs alive who had been collecting antiques, antique stuff, antique books, some of which is now in the stomach of Mirgrat, and that it was also manufacturing the Amber. The gang that worked with it also mentioned something called Phase 2. This has not been addressed yet, but there is apparently some gang led in, in part or in total by Joey. So that's one aspect. Also during the course of this, Ty, as she has mentioned, encountered a person named, and this is after Ty got a tattoo for no reason based on certain words that nobody could identify but seemed familiar to her. Also, that also seemed a little familiar to the ranger Mimbari, uh, uh, Aparo, that you guys had run into previously. You also then, uh, in that investigation, found, uh, Oh, right. During the investigation of the Amber, uh, Ty watched her weirdness roll and was given this vision of bugs everywhere with certain people repelling it, which led her to Alan Cummings offering her something. By the way, you get the idea now that you remember that episode when you had that dream where you and Alan were in that, like, two chairs in a darkened room and there was something hovering over Alan? That thing hovering over Alan was what you became, that trumpeting Yithian thing it from 4,000 years ago. Um, I don't... Okay, no worries. Um, so basically the thing that you couldn't see is now what you saw real quick and easy. But, so that happened. While trying to deal with that and things going crazy because of looking for Mirograt and looking for uh, the Amber stuff, you guys ran across... Um, one of the other people you were working with, one of the uh, pilots who came on board and subsequently disappeared after the, the uh, George Huska got shot, mentioned something about a bug as well, and they found something in one of his quarters. In the nurse's quarter, the nurse would disappear because he was looking for more information about the brain. Uh, this led you to the game area in the alien sector that had taken off his helmet, bugs had spewed out, found the brains in jars and other bugs in jars 
and that's when uh, Alan Gibbons showed up again to say, this is mine, you can't take it. Alan Gibbons was not wearing a mask, by the way. It was just him. He was in the, uh, you know, hmm. high nitrogen content, uh, content environment, and no problem. Uh, this then led to you guys finding Miragrat, who was working with the, the, the mobs, who was also doing a few of the things, which led us into season two, and everybody, I think, has been up to speed since then. Am I missing anything? No, I accidentally say Alan Cummings instead of Alan Gibbons at one point, and that is how I'm going to picture him from now on. <laughs> did I say Cummings? That was just funny. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. Uh, so now that image is in there, baby. <laughs> it's funny. I actually seen played by a thin Zach Galifianakis, but, you know, just run with it. Or, um... Oh, God. Uh, there's some guy from Blade, uh, the second Blade movie. He's like, yeah, that's him, and I can't remember who the fuck it is now. Doesn't matter. It's Alan Cummings now, baby. <laughs> so, dear Alan Cummings, if you have time and want to get involved in a Babylon 5 RPG, we'd be more than happy to, to join you. For, we, we, we report on Saturdays. If, if somebody else could get Jeff Goldblum, damn it, we have a chance. I don't so, think that's going to happen. <laughs> you never know until you ask. I mean, again, if, if I got... Although, people, there are other people who came that I would love to see. You know, Nathan Fillion, other people mm-hmm. like that. Nathan Fillion, so. um, I don't know how he could do it, but if, if Bruce Campbell ever said, I can do that for a few minutes, yes, sir, how can I help you, sir? Um, and yes, I don't know that he actually games. Not only does he game, he wrote the foreword for the first edition of Deadlands. Yeah, oh, wow. Okay. And if you look at it in there, he says, yeah. yes, I play. And if your group wants to, thinks you're the best GM in Deadlands ever, I will show up as Briscoe County Jr. in your game. Oh. My standard rates apply. <laughs> oh, well. I don't think we can afford him, but yeah. it would be fun. At this point, it's Sorry, what was that? Okay, but also Vin Diesel. Yeah, true. Vin Diesel or... Yeah. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but the, the uh, Mike from Magic Mike, the guy who played uh, Deathstroke uh, in the uh, Justice League movie. I cannot remember his name. And uh, played uh, Flash Thompson in, in uh, Spider- the original Spider-Man movie. Uh, I've seen one of those movies and neither of them is a superhero movie. Okay. Uh, I can't remember who he is. He's he's now famous for having this huge D and D dungeon. It's his last name starts with a V, and I and it's a very long Italian name that I cannot pronounce. Yeah. So all right, so there's that. The other thing though is that yes, if by some happenstance that someone manages to let certain actors from Babylon Five uh, who are still <laughs> around who would like to do a cameo, I will be more than happy to entertain. Just you know. 10 seconds of y'all, you know, sorry, 30 seconds of y'all's time for a quick, you know, little announcement from the president or a warning message from, uh, from Captain Ivanova or uh, a, a late delivery no, from... You know, if Ivanova's on the show, we're going to need a lot more time than 10 seconds. I'm just saying that right now. Oh, yes. Oh, it was like a pre-recorded, but yeah. This might take a while. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, okay, if, 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 Claudia, if Claudia Christian wanted to join us for a couple of episodes, I'd be like... Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. yeah no the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life, like, straight up. Real. Not <laughs> even that big of a nerd. If 
as you all probably noticed, but it would still be like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> hey, hey, just because yep. you're not a nerd at our level doesn't mean you're not a fascination with the same science fiction we enjoy. Run with it. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I would love to. Unfortunately, we can't get the land anymore. Sadness. Uh, but we would be able right. to get, you know, look at who's still around. It's like, it's a limited pool, but there is still people viable. And yes, believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, the guy who plays Lanier, Bill Mummy, has a cameo account. Really? So, yeah, what would you say, Becca? I, I said, shit. Tell people to donate to our show so we can pay real actors to go on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a cameo. I mean, you know, wouldn't be anything major. I mean, cameo is like, he does 60, you pay him 60 bucks, he got, he just says whatever, and I don't know how long or anything else like that. But he's on the not so, not so expensive route. I did actually look it up on cameo. There's a few people there. And it'd be like, he, and then in the Babylon 5 universe, right now, uh, Lanier is on the run, so we'll be like, well, we got a place we can fit you in. Yeah. Uh, uh, not to mention, you know, can you imagine us getting, um, uh, oh god, uh, Londo Molari. Is Peter Jurassic still around? Not only is he still around, he did the audiobook for JM, uh, JMS's autobiography. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Um, and yes, by the way, it does start with, uh, him saying, okay, sound test? Good. Uh, uh, vocal test? <clears throat> Mr. Garibaldi? Okay, check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I, I do recommend it. But yeah, again, if we found somebody who wanted a cameo, I was like, uh, please, please send us information to temporalplaygrounds at, at gmail.com or find us at temporalplaygrounds.com. My name is Dan. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway... Away from our dreams and tangents, uh, and yes, if we let's like you know, like we pool together sixty bucks and, and get a cameo of Lanier just saying one you know one thing that we every now and then record, that'd be like okay, that's sixty bucks well spent. Uh, so anyway, so back to what we were. Everyone's been now brought up to speed, and while there's a number of holes in what seems to be going on, there seems to be a few things that you guys can definitely see. So, to help with brainstorming, what is it that you see is going on? Um, I mean, Ty's main interest is getting her own body back before whoever has it does something she can't talk her way out of. Mm-hmm. She's not, I mean, it's not that she's not interested in this other crap, she just has more personal priorities, I guess. You don't want to deal with the fate of the universe right now. You've got important family stuff, like your body and your yeah. reputation and all that good stuff. Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm. Because what good is living in a universe that isn't destroyed if you can't get your own body back? And by the way, that's not a criticism. That's actually a good point of view of if, you know, you have to be able to survive in the world that you're saving. Did I lose everybody again? No, we're here. Okay. No, no, we're here. We're, okay. You're, you're getting philosophical when we're thinking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was responding. Go ahead, please. Speak for a bit. I'll let you guys, uh, if you have any questions, I'll be more than happy to respond. But, and it will only be from thinking. I just have guys no idea. 
Yeah, so here's the question, guys. If they do manage to arrest them and bring them back here, what do we do? Um, Ty just wants herself to not be running around. Also, she needs that crystal, as she mentioned. She isn't 100% sure why she needs it. She just knows that it's... She needs it. Okay. She doesn't understand how the whole time travel thing really works. She just knows what ingredients she needs, basically. (laughs) By the way, Ty... I would like to remind you, since you're saying I need the blue crystal, do you remember last episode? I mean, she has the other blue crystals, but she wants that blue crystal that herself has. Okay, just check. Alright. Nothing else, so herself doesn't have it, and she has it, but also because, I don't know, she thinks they might be individual things. Okay. Uh, Negra, didn't you, weren't you doing some research on, from the library? Yes, I was actually on hold with the library when all this started going down, um, asking about... Okay, so you didn't finish. Yeah. Okay. So, remind me what you were asking the library about specifically. Um, I believe it was related to all of the body snatching that's going on and trying to, like, trap this rogue entity. Okay. That's right. You were trying to figure out: is there a, basically is there a ghost trap? Is are there protocol uh, uh, nuclear accelerator proton packs that can be used to pull an invading entity out of a body and be able to uh, entrap it in the uh, in a trap for indefinitely? Yes. How do we ghost bust this thing? <laughs> Which I can also see that is a great bit yeah, of the. Hmm? Go ahead. I was about to say, there's got to be this great, you know, if this was a video thing, it's like, in the human terms, there seems to be only two incidences where this is appropriate. One is called the exorcist. The other is called ghost busting. So how do we perform ghost busting? We, I'm told we must call somebody. Who do we call? Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, I, uh, I was hoping that yeah. she'd receive some sort of an answer, because I think we're, we're going to be stuck if we do happen to get them. Well, the answer so far is there's some in... Uh, they do respond back after a little bit. They have to kind of call you back. And while the library does take time, it is a great database, as it were, it still requires a lot of digging. And the only things they've been able to find quickly is that there are some rites and rituals from an ancient religion uh, predating the Pakmara concept of holiness, uh, oh, which is going to, yeah, we're talking yonder. Because if memory serves, the Pakmara have seen themselves as basically uh, the center of oneness for millennia. So it would be like finding out, yes, there's a way to banish a demon, and we got it from this Babylonian cuneiform tablet. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Um, but so far, even then, most of the things they proclaim, they can't translate correctly because it is from a very, very early primordial time of the Pagmara. Um, so there are things, unfortunately, where it says, it could say, turn to the left and eat an orange, or devour the sun at one, at, at one quarter speed. It's hard to get the exact translation. Well, good thing I have a good linguistic for baby. <laughs> 
So how was your dead, 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 dead like Sorry? I'm oh, sorry, what was that? Oh, I feel an extended test coming on. <laughs> <clears throat> like I said, how are your dead, dead, dead languages? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. A uh, message from Julie. I think she's just making notes. Uh, okay, no problem. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm, am I not supposed to make notes there? No, no. I was just seeing whether or not you were sending me a private message or if that... You can use it for notes for all I care. That's fine. So anyway, okay. uh, no problem. Uh, just wanted to make sure I, when you, I just didn't know if you were sending me something or just for yourself. Either way, no problem. I just needed to know. So anyway, but yeah, you can try this, but again, how are your dead, dead languages? It would be like asking you, who may know Latin, how is your Sanskrit and cuneiform? See, that's fine as long as we're not going into like linear A t- territory. I don't even know what linear A is. Um, is that it, not even translated? Or is yeah, that like the other that undeciphered writing system used by the Minoans. Yeah. Oh. Familiar. Okay. Yeah, that's that's that's. I don't know why stuff. it's familiar. I just heard of this apparently from something somewhere. It was succeeded by linear B. But yeah, no. Like, if we're talking like Sumerian, that's fine. If we're talking, if we're if we're talking linear A, then it might be an issue. Okay. Uh, again, if you if you make a linguistics check on this uh, and amaze me, I'm not going to give it to you immediately. It's definitely going to have a delay on it while you work on it. But yeah, I'll let you succeed. Jeez, no pressure, eh? Yeah, I know. All right. I think what I'm going to do is before I make that linguistics check. What I'd like to do is I would like to pull all of the resources I possibly can that might be in the same language. Okay. Um, so I have, like, a big corpus for comparison. And I want anything that might have overlapping subject matter in other languages so that I can I can also so that I have multiple like baselines in terms of language but also content to work from on this translation project you're building um, a Rosetta Stone I am going to try to build my own Rosetta Stone um, and I am also I am going to like, I want to see if there any, if if anyone has used, like, oh, God, I I, I, I can't remember the word, because I've been playing Shadowrun recently, so all I'm coming up with is a sensing, um, okay. but I, I think it's, like, telemetry or psychometry, something where you're, like, you can, like, examine an object and, like, get the psychic residue from it, and oh, I- Oh, that's psychometry. Psychometry. I want to see if any of that has been attempted in the history of the library with regards to the species slash civilization that is responsible for writing this text. Um, because, because I am slightly telepathic, if there is any additional telepathic data with the relation to whoever wrote this, 
then that gives me a better context for deciphering the language. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, I, I will wait until that gets pulled, um, and and okay. I want to use that to to give myself better odds of deciphering this. By the way, you do realize that with this task you have at hand in a J. Michael Straczynski written universe or written story. So this would be so that you started doing, I'd say we're about like third or fourth episode into season two. So probably about the mid season. This is something that would probably resolve itself if not by the season finale, but like right before and that you would be doing this little task behind the scenes the entire time. Kind of like in the first season, you see Delenn slowly putting together the, uh, chrys- uh, the chrysalis machine. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I, I assume that's what's going to be happening, that I'm not going to be able to, like, crack it in one night, but, like, I'm going to start getting my reference material ready so I can work on this while we're putting out all the other flyers. Okay. So I'm still going to get you – it's going to start pulling up a bit, and it's going to take a while for them to get all the data, compact it, and send it to you. Because, again, it's being rerouted through – you're nowhere near any beacon. So you're still managed to get a uh, – uh, I'm using a little different technology than JMS has actually talked about. In this particular case, because you're in a uh, ambassador's quarters, there is a way of doing secure communications, but it still takes some time, and it's exceedingly expensive. But I'm stealing the idea straight off of Mass Effect which is essentially there is an atom that has been split in two. One atom is at where you are. The other half is where the library is. It's a direct two-way connection, uh, which is, again, exceedingly expensive. <laughs> but it works, but that's all it can do, is that it, whatever one side knows, the other side knows. Okay, so I think with if, if that's the case, mm-hmm. since I'm waiting on the um, reference materials anyway... I am going to ask, I am going to put in a request to get, like, the highest level Pakmara telepaths available to the library to perform additional psychometry on anything we have from this particular civilization, just so that, like, I can, I can have a chance at, at giving, uh, as much context as possible. Gotcha. It's already go, here, note yourself, print telepath handbook. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so this I, I don't want anything major, because, like, th- that shit's old, but on the off chance that we do actually get some information on uh, on whatever civilization was responsible for this, That'll be infinitely helpful in terms of being able to decipher their language. Okay. So I still will need uh, an influence check on this one. You've got pretty high influence because you're in a you're you're a freaking librarian. But yeah. I do need this just to make sure they all work in line. Okay, give me just a moment. Okay. Because I, I need to check my uh, library of Malat influence. Cloud servers in the nineties future, I guess. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Radio Retro Future. 
By the way, if you haven't heard, Radio Retro Future actually exists as a podcast. It's not bad. Okay. Enjoy. Okay. So my library access fee gives me an extra D6 when I am rolling for library influence, so I'll be rolling 3D6. Got it. Seven Okay. Not bad, but not fantabulous. So what this means is that they will get on it. There is some fires that are putting out as well. But again, as a librarian, you do have this authorization. You've actually asked them to make a titanic task. One thing they can do in the meantime, because they are still, they're going to have to take a long time to collect all the data. As you said, get all the, see if they can get some telepaths to do psychometry. Psychometry is a relatively rare skill. At least you never really see a lot of it in the show, essentially. But it does happen. So it's not as rare as, say, telekinesis, but it is a specialized skill, I guess is a better way of saying it. Yeah. You know, if, if one in a thousand humans are telepathic and one out of a thousand humans are telekinetic, then you're talking one out of 500 telepaths are, psycho, uh, are psychometrists. Yeah. So something like that anyway. Uh, well, but one out of or two hundred, let's say. So yeah, they have the your dollar, and so you guys are Pacmara, a little different, but they will see what they can gather. This will probably take some time to do. In the meantime, they did say, look, uh, what we can do is we have at least one document, which is a scanning of an old tablet on file that I can send to you as you work on it on your end. We'll work on the rest of this request on our end. Basically, he's giving you a stopgap measure until they can get your massive request uh, together. Yeah, so this is what they have on hand. Everything else, i got to wait till the interlibrary loans come in. Something like that, yes. <laughs> the interlibrary, other you know people write stuff. They have to get together, you know, find the specialists and talk to them and all the rest of that. But yeah, yeah I got simple requests. <laughs> Let's put it this way. What you're asking about is literally the plot of an entire episode of Babylon 5. Well, I mean, once it all comes in, you've got you've got that session pretty much written then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in that episode of Babylon 5, they had a drone that was asking these great questions, and if you could solve it, they they would uh, uh, give you great secrets of the universe, but if you couldn't solve it, you died. Turned out it was the universe, but yeah. So basically, yeah, this is going to take a long time for them to get together, but they at least give you a tablet to work on. And the tablet is, is again, a scan of an of a old mud and stone tablet that I had for a while back. Interestingly enough, what is the stone in particular? Limestone? Try again. Amber is it living crystal? Rock. It's actual amber. Not the drug amber, but actually carved out of old amber. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, was that? Hard to read, but cool. Yeah, a little hard to read. It's more like, almost like a braille system. But uh, what it is is that amber, again, is is a petrified sap, and you're talking a lot of the marshes and wetlands of... uh, uh, Pakmara actually had a couple areas that produced this substance. So, yeah. They, it, it was soft enough they could kind of write on it. It was never intended for a long-term use, but some of it did survive because it gets buried or whatever. 
So there are other tablets they have, which are limestone. Uh, some of them are actually obsidian. Um, That's not ominous. That's not ominous. It's a little ominous, but obsidian is great. It is. A, it's you're writing with glass. Um, yeah. Like, but if you have an obsidian tablet, that's wall-to-wall demon summoning rituals. <laughs> Note for my D&D group. Uh, <laughs> but in this case, yeah, they have to get all this information together. But the, the tablet they have, again, is this, this amber. It's got strange languages on everything. And here is where I want another intelligence check from, in this case, everybody can make it. Because you're all looking at this. Okay, so we're just doing the thing where we try to roll under our intelligence, right? Correct. I yes. know so much about our facts, sexual issues. Oh, motherfucker. That would be uh, Becca Fails? Yep. Um, just wait, explain it to me again, sorry. Okay, uh, hold on a second. Dooley, what is your intelligence? You're 17, right? Uh, Dooley? Okay, never mind, I got it. Yeah, basically, you, what, yeah, what's your intelligence, um, uh, Ty? Nope. I'm guessing not that high. 13. Okay. No, it's not that high. <laughs> okay, what I wanted to ask is can I make an appraise check because I might like, actually notice something about it doing that. Honestly, I will allow it. <laughs> I don't think I get to use this. <laughs> You're all It only returns a priceless artifact. <laughs> It's worth a lot of money. Uh, what do we got here? 11. 21. Yes, you can definitely tell a priceless artifact worth a heck of a lot of money, but that's not it. You can also tell by the substance how old it is. Basically, this is part of antiquing and appraising its actual value. And what you can tell is that besides the fact this is, you know, again, you couldn't read the language that, it, that you're aware of. We'll get to that in a second. Um, you couldn't read the language, but you could tell by the style and creative patterns how ancient it had to be. This thing has got to be 6,000 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. At the same time, again, the way it was carved is you had to use very fine tools to get the... It's not just like a knife carving into a tree or a guy with a chisel carving you know, letters into stone. This is more swirls and strange characters and odd angles that can't normally be done with a straight blade very easily. So that may be the other reason why they chose amber rather than stone. Sorry, what? You're describing linear A right now. Ah! <laughs> the universe is coming into alignment. But, uh, so yeah, so all this is coming together, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what's this all about? But you're looking at this going, as, even as an appraiser, looking at it as its individual uh, statements. Oh, sorry. Individual uh, brain. Brain just fell out files. I, I'm sorry. I, I made, I botched my intelligence roll. So. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so you're looking at this going, okay, this has got to be this old. It's worth an ungodly amount of money. This is as close as you get to, oh yeah, Becca, there you go. Uh, this is the closest you get to your, um, Indiana Jones moment, moment. It belongs in a museum! Um. It's already in a library! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they ever carry have museums. Oh, no, they probably if do. If they do, you probably can't just go to them and look at the things. Oh, you can, but again, like, like, uh, you, you get charged an entry, what, entry fee. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's just say I suspect that Bricari have this fine line between Natural History Museum and Come See the Man Eating Chicken. <laughs> Again, it's this interesting language you can't understand, but the decorations around it. It's not just here are words. There are glyphs and pictures all around it that even you go, okay, that system seems to be primordial. That's got to be, you know, this 70 old years. You can't tell, and again, most of this is a value appraisal rather than an archaeological thing, but as simply as jewelry as what you would sell it for, this is how you're getting some of that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so this is coming through. And do leave, since you are the only person to actually make your intelligence check, this is why this came up. Oh, yes. There is a character on this tablet. Now again, figure the tablet scan is probably about when it was originally made was probably something like three feet by two feet tablet, uh, probably about an inch thick, maybe two. Um, and it was probably had something like a hundred, fifty to a hundred lines of text on it. However, a couple of the large characters okay. on it looked a little familiar, and it took you a second to wonder why. And then that's where it clicked. One of those characters is what Ty had tattooed on her hand. Oh. Hmm. We I need to get into this. Isn't that the thing on your arm? Well, not your arm, but your body's arm? Uh, yeah, maybe. It looks a, a little bit familiar. Um, hey, Warner. Where, where, come and take a look at this. Where did you get that? Hey, Warner, come and take a look at this. <laughs> well, the, so, so where did you get that? How did you know about this tattoo? Oh, Warner, take a look at this. Uh, uh, why don't you talk to them? I'm, I'm gonna get several drinks. Uh, <laughs> no, because Ty, I don't know, she couldn't read the alien script in the past, but Warner definitely can because he was like a overseer or landlord or something like that, so, you know. Okay. So, Warner goes over and says, I think he actually adjusts, she actually reaches up to adjust glasses that aren't there. And then it's that bit of the, oh, right, I, I don't need glasses, okay? Go on. And she looks over and says, it's, it's a strange dialect. I think I understand it. There's so much difference here, there, here, there, there, and here. Um, it, it's, um, I believe it's, and this is where Dan the robot, <laughs> the GM must throw out a couple more cards to go, crap, what does it say? Uh, <laughs> I have some of this planned. It just never goes in the right direction I have it planned. Um, okay. It looks like this is a warning. It's also a map to five of the proposed locations of the vault itself. Uh, it looks like it was done so many other times uh, it's just it's I, I, this is amazing it's going to take me a, a long while to, to figure this out I'm not entirely sure oh, take your time buddy we have what a is while the vault? 
Oh, oh, uh, when we, I made the deal with the Spectre, they were told us about the vault. Now, the vault would house the books and the crystals, which would act as conduits from the past to the present. They would look like grimoire or spell books to most people. But when you opened it and read the incantations, it allowed connection between our time and their time, allowing us con a conduit in which to trade forms, trade intelligence, trade information, and discuss. I would make the bargain to go back to their libraries to research, and I discovered so much, and was eagerly awaiting the time when I could return to my body to continue what I was doing. Or, as we were told, once the Vorlons left, we would be able to go into new bodies and help stabilize the great future that was to come. This is what I had bargained for, which... As I look around, this is not what I expected at all. You're feeling with jealousy at the moment. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like this you can't tell, but there's a sound of like shifting sand, which is actually just Nira grinding their throat plates because they're so jealous. Yeah, that's been a lot of time getting all these researchers to work on this and Ty is just like, hey, like get your friend to look at it right quick. Well, that yeah. We should tell you something by the way. You know what? I'm going to do this for you. Mirgrat gets this. Uh, and if you mention this to others, I'll let them get, get another intelligence check. Alright. Yeah! You rolled a five. Okay. Very good. It's the lower the number on this one, the better it gets. What does this tell you? That Wagner, uh, Vlad, uh, Tugo, Tugo, and, uh, Ty, we're all given this option to go back in time and do research. Ty will argue that concept, but essentially that is what was offered to them. And yet... Not really, but okay. Exactly. Uh, if you said research around Ty, she would have turned it down. <laughs> research, no. Uh, a beer orgy? Well, maybe. But in this case, you were not given that choice. The entity that was in your body had no, it said it was going to give you some research. And again, it did look up some stuff on books that it was deciding to eat. And it did actually start doing work and did feed you a little bit of info, but not much. What does this tell you? Did you tell me that I got the shitty entity? <laughs> <laughs> Is this something you want to mention to the others or? No, no, I'm just going to, to, to sit there and grind my throat plates in quiet jealousy. Well, what this also tells you, and again, this is something that's probably obvious already, it means there are two different factions of ancient aliens here. I mean, yeah, like, there's always two different factions of ancient aliens. You never just have one faction of ancient aliens. <laughs> that's true. Um... <laughs> I feel, like, I feel like all of our characters are sufficiently genre savvy to understand <laughs> that if there's one faction of ancient aliens, there's going to be a second faction of ancient aliens. 
but a second faction of body inhabiting aliens that take people over. Tyra's in the shadow where she's seen Stranger Things. That's true. But these are also beings that have grievances one way or the other with the other ancient ones had to, for whatever reason, wait till they left. Yeah, it's almost like they're jerk-ass body snatchers. Well, that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many friends? I'm sorry. I just love the, 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 the. So, what does this tell you about these ancient aliens? Um, they're assholes. Okay. <laughs> Besides that, first of all, there's a lot to get around. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, so yeah, you're like the okay. So there's two different alien species about this. Okay, one got interested in Ty, another got interested in you, but you two were pursuing two different ends. You were helping to pursue with the amber bit, and Ty was doing whatever Ty does. So I do want to ask: Did did Ty mention about the ranger also having the the tattoos? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. He, I, think so. I think he just recognized the tattoos. I don't think he had it. I think he recognized. No, he just it. noticed it. Yeah. Okay. Did Did she mention about that? That, that they were all you know, there when it happened. Yes, yeah, so you guys were all there. Okay. Then yeah, I'm I'm going to get on the horn and say that we need to track down that ranger because Yafara is back. Yeah. <laughs> because if he recognized, he gave us his contact. Yeah, Dooley has his okay. number or whatever. Wait, yeah, let's call him. Okay. Google Palaparo. Okay. Well, <laughs> technically, the word is computer, and that oh, is one thing you can have the, the droid activate <laughs> under. While you're trying to uh, get in touch with Aparo, uh, if there's anybody else you guys can think of, um, I, like I said, I'm just going to lay this out here. Anybody who was on the vessel that you guys came on board with, has a role to be played somewhere or other on this. Just leaving it out there. Um, but... <laughs> yes, we should call that psychic woman with all the bells. <laughs> I mean, Cunner's a little bit busy and it really covers everybody time. <laughs> Fair enough. But, so, while you're like, okay, I call Paro. Okay, I need more information here, this and this. Wagner, Wagner actually looks up and says, "Oh, oh, um, I, I, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if I have this entirely correct, but um, if I'm reading some of this correctly, the language is so different. It's, it's, it's like trying to read Latin when all you know is Spanish, which for all of you guys just went, oh, what, the what now? No, never mind. Mm-hmm. But from what I could tell, if I'm reading this correctly." It says, when the first of the first go beyond, we shall arrive again to seek out the flesh spheres. And there's something, okay, there's something there. And then, in the end, the Dreamwalker will unearth. Dreamwalker is okay. the last of the cleansing. So I know by flesh spheres you meant like corporeal bodies to inhabit, but I am just thinking that's weird alien speak for meatballs. 
<laughs> enjoy that to your, during your next plate of green. Like, oh, they just I just, I just have to for those that Shogar's kill. <laughs> yeah. Just just once, I want to find something that says, go to point A, do this, go to point B, do this, go to point C, do this. <laughs> well, A, that's not um, the And B, that, uh, the great thing about that is that there's this well, whole... No, but that, uh, that would be Dooley's response. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know it's not good. I know it's not good drama, but that would be Dooley's response. Of why can't they just say what they mean? <laughs> he actually did. Regner says they might, but this is translated through a translation through an erosion of a language that I barely knew. They could be talking about a fruit for all I know. Did great What they mean. Oh, in sufficient cultural context, we do not have the added layers of meaning that would be present if we were part of the culture that originated this text. Exactly, exactly. We don't have all the information. I have some, but not all. Though, he actually says, oh, this is interesting. This isn't a mark that I'm familiar with, and I, I, I think it's of some importance. It's known as... Uh, the first and the last outpost, at least by the characters around it, and he taps this little symbol right at the corner of the uh, the tablet. The symbol is three interlocking rings with circles inside each ring. Oh my. See, what did I tell you? The first and last outpost. Something with a symbol that looks exactly like what's outside. Do you think this is getting to something? Do you think you'd be interested in hearing more? Oh, I have so much more to tell you. Hey, get back to work. This is your community service, not a resting bar. Ah, this is why you have to join me next time when I'm out of my shackles and I can tell you more about what goes on with the town Marie Celestia. Join us next time and could I have your dishes, please? Thank you. And that's where we're in for this week. I want to thank everyone for joining us and hope that you continue to join us every two weeks for another episode of Odyssey. If you have any questions, comments, constructive criticisms, or just want to say hi, then you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey or email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com or now you can follow us on Twitter at odysseyb5dm. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Straczynski and is owned by Warner Brothers Domestic Media. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was produced by Mongoose Publishing utilizing the OGL gaming license for D20. Our audio engineer is Gabriel Belton. Our theme music, Titan Striker, was composed by Evan King. Incidental music provided by Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. All other music provided by Creative Commons License and is available of information on our website. Once again, I am Daniel, and I thank you for joining us on this grand adventure. Good night, and keep dreaming.